Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell. Well, welcome to Let's Talk Adoption. I'm your host, Marty Caldwell, and thank you for joining us today. We've got a a great show again lined up for you um, to share a lot about adoption. And um, we want to remind you, too, that uh, November is Adoption Awareness Month, so you will be hearing more about adoption, and we want to celebrate adoption in many different ways, too. Did you know that uh, three out of five people are touched by adoption? That means that most of you listening to the show know someone that is involved with adoption at some level, trying to adopt, has placed a child for adoption, uh, is an adoptee, uh, a birth parent. So it's, it's really a fascinating fact that more and more people are adopting. You see it in the media, and so that's why we have this wonderful program Today, we're going to be discussing the six most common myths about birth mothers um, who choose um, to place their child their child for adoption in an adoption plan. And um, this is a topic that has not been discussed, but it's I see when I go out often, people really have a lot of uh, myths um, surrounding women that are choosing adoption for their children. And I thought this would be a great topic, and I think that uh, people want to know about this, too. Um, today we have a wonderful um, guest with us. Um, Christine Mason is an adoption coordinator with Lifetime Adoption, and she is joining us today to share a little bit about the birth mothers that she has met to and um, and her insight to it. I'd like to also um, welcome you, Christine, to the show. I'm so glad to have you. Well, thank you for having me. And I also wanted to encourage you to visit our website at letstalkadoption.com where you can learn more about the program, listen to shows that are archived, and really educate yourself um, because you will be coming in contact with people, whether you're an educator, you're an individual, a parent, um, a medical professional, or um, just someone interested that maybe you have a relative that's are involved with adoption uh, or adoptive parent yourself. Um, Let's Talk Adoption has aired online for more than two years, and now we're pleased to bring this new format broadcast on AM 710 from the KFIA studio in Sacramento, California. And then our shows will be broadcast um, worldwide. We have about 24 countries that listen to the program. And so it is well, uh, widely um, broadcast. And a lot of people uh, really have sent us a lot of great questions in, and we really appreciate that. If you are starting out and you'd like to know more about adoption, this is a place you want to go. So visit the website, Let's Talk Adoption. Or you can send us your questions over at info at letstalkadoption.com, and I'll answer them on the air um, and upcoming shows too. So let's go on to today's topic with Christine, the most common um, myths about birth mothers. There are really six of them, and this is very dear to my heart because I'm working with um, you know adoptive families now for almost 20 years and birth parents, and um, I am an adoptive mother myself, and so I, I have seen the love that for my own birth mother and my son's birth mother, and uh, it's really important that we you know get this information out. And Christine, I know that you're working with a tremendous amount of women that come through and speak to you on a very intimate level about their lives and their their fears and their passions, and and they they actually share things with you that they wouldn't share with their own mother. Oh yeah, um, you know. And so I think that um, that's going to really help us today in today's program. You know, I want to get right into the first myth. Um, this is the myth I think that we mostly hear about that most birth mothers are all teenagers. Oh, no. I would say at least 30% are in their 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, teenagers tend to get in the, the, the swell of 
the peer pressure and kids thinking this is fun, this is toy. Um, And with the school systems today, there's so many daycares in the schools Mm -hmm. that having a child in high school nowadays is pretty Mm -hmm. much becoming more common than it was Mm -hmm. even 10 years ago. Well, they've made it really easy, too. And so what happens, a lot of teenagers are either having an abortion or they are going and parenting. And they're actually parenting many times the blessing of their own um, their parents, which are very young too. And so um, you see a, a, a whole family and, you know, sometimes that can work, but it's very difficult. And I think mm-hmm. that you're seeing more. So I, I believe, you know, we have teenagers um, that, that do come through the program and I know that um, they do place their children for adoption. Um, the youngest that we've seen are 11 years old and the mm-hmm. oldest have been in their forties, you know, menopause babies. And um, we share that before the program that you've had, you have one in Southern California now that is, um, I, I do. I, I have at least three to four birth moms now in their mid-30s, and that's just in this short period of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a birth mother down in Southern California. She has a grown son. She loves the Lord, but she made a mistake, and she wants to do right by this child. Mm-hmm. She's matched with a wonderful family um, in an open adoption, and she's due to deliver very soon. And she's in her late 30s. She's in her uh, late 30s, yeah. Yeah, yeah I yeah. <laughs> ages. I don't want to seem old. She's 30 something. Yeah, that's good. That sounds better. And, uh, but you know, so you have women in their twenties and thirties. So people, when I tell them that I look, they see the shock, like you've got to be kidding. And, and that really led me to believe that this is an important topic. You know, the myths of birth mothers, um, you have, um, you know, we're going to talk about a little bit more about other, you know, women, but women that, um, are not teenagers, they are really thinking this out on what they want to do. It's a mature decision. Mm -hmm. It really is. Mm -hmm. Um, yes, teenagers do go through adoption. I don't want you to Mm -hmm. not think that they do not. Um, it's just more of the, it's, it's, it's a mature decision and I see more twenties, thirties, sometimes even 40 year olds, Mm -hmm. um, going through with a successful adoption. Right. And they're, they're really thinking this out. The second myth, um, our birth mothers don't love their baby. And that really Mm -hmm. makes me sad when I hear that because most women love their babies so very much and they want the best. And this is one of the most difficult decisions, the most selfless, um, or they would choose abortion. Mm -hmm. And I know there are women listening now that have gone through an abortion in the past and many, you know, they have regrets of it. But, you know, women today are really looking at this and saying, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't believe in abortion or I I don't want to do that. I want something more. Or they've gone through them and they say, I'll never do that again. Mm -hmm. And through open, semi-open adoption, they know more and they're able to go on with their life when they have that peace about it. So I think that, you know, I know that um, they struggle with this. Um, Mm -hmm. They struggle with this decision because they know that they can't take care of all their children um, and that this is a decision that they do love them. And, and, and I think that's really important. I know I share a story and we talked about this, about the Titanic. When I watched the movie, the Titanic, um, I, there was a scene in there where a woman had two children and she, one, someone asked, asked her, can I take your child? And she said, no. So she jumped in the water, hoping that she would save both babies and all of them drowned. And instead of saving, you know, and this is what happens with birth mothers, they may be facing two or three other children. And that one extra child will be what puts them over the edge that they all suffer and they all live in poverty and they all don't have an opportunity. And I find that birth mothers that choose adoption and they do it with knowledge and wisdom are giving that child a gift um, that will last them forever. And they're actually giving a gift back to the other children too. And through open adoption, they can still remain in contact. And um, that I think comes from a deep love inside and and, um, we see that. I think often I know you do. Oh, well, of course, because they have not, they acknowledge that 
they don't have the support mm-hmm. to be able to raise three or four children. Mm-hmm. And they love that child with all their hearts. Mm-hmm. And there are families out there who want to give a child the love mm-hmm. that they have. Right. And the birth moms recognize that. Right. And then open adoption does work, like you said, because it allows the parent, the adoptive parents, to be able to raise, love, mm-hmm. nurture this child as it is their own. Right. Um, and the birth parent will s- or see that through pictures, through letters. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll see the love that and the support that this child is receiving mm-hmm. from the adopted family. Mm-hmm. And they has a piece about that. And I think, too, that um, they can feel good about their decision when they mm-hmm. have more choices. And I think you're seeing that trend going on more. The third myth is all birth mothers are poverty-stricken or on drugs. And, you know, that's just not true. Um some are on welfare, yes, um, but many are not. Many are middle-class women. Some have, like I mentioned, other children. Uh, we've had even a few that own homes or condos. Um, we have some that own their own businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, some are struggling students. Um, they may be on, um, you know, maybe low income, um, but others have jobs in the community um, or they live with their parents, um, even if they're older. Mm-hmm. You see more kids going back when they're in their 20s going back and living with their parents now. And so the circumstances are that these are not all poor women. The thing that happens, though, is that sometimes finances are a struggle and a problem, and that's the, the main reason, because they can't afford it. But they also don't have maybe a dad in the house, and they're already trying to parent two or three kids. You've got a story of a woman that recently placed. Um, I know that I interviewed her on the radio show, and I think her interview is on the letstalkadoption.com site. She was a, a, just on the interview as I was holding back the tears, but this is a strong gal. And, and tell us about her, this, this one woman. Um, she's fantastic. She has six children right now. Um, she found herself in trouble with her seventh child. She knew this was not something that she wanted to do again. Mm-hmm. Um, she did it on her own, basically. Mm-hmm. She all went all the way through her pregnancy. She called us towards the end. Mm-hmm. We got an adoption plan in place with a wonderful family across the United States. Mm-hmm. And she ended up giving birth to her seventh child without the other six children knowing about it. Wow. It was sure. incredible. Of course, they do now, the older ones. Um, she had family support, though. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really Her sister, important. her brother, and her- Very affluent family. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't poverty-stricken. Mm-hmm. It wasn't down and out on the streets. Mm-hmm. She had a home. She had things. Mm-hmm. Um, she wasn't wealthy. Mm-hmm. And by all means, that's why she knew that she had six other children to take care of. Mm-hmm. And this little guy needed to go... She- very organized and very, very detailed and um, uh, you know and so so there are a lot of different situations that come up but I think that you know women uh, and we're talking about on drugs you know some mm-hmm. women do use drugs a lot of times I find that um, mothers um, may they may not love themselves enough and they've been hurting they've been hurt by people and they often maybe ignore their pregnancies until it's too late um, and some are exposed to drugs and alcohol, but not all of them. There are some very healthy ones. I mean, when we were trying to adopt, we had a, a woman that was health nut, and she said, you don't eat healthy enough, and I don't want you to raise my baby. <laughs> and I thought, hmm. You know, and it was it was really painful, but she was a real, she wanted someone that was going to raise her child in a really healthy environment with lots of activities and a real mountain climbing type of person, which I'm not. And, um, you know, that's what she wanted, and she had a right to do that. That was her child. Um, it was painful for me. Because I thought, wow, this is so nice and it would have been wonderful. But, you know, God had the right child for us and we did adopt. But, mm-hmm. you know, this has not changed. So a lot of women are, um, you know, have their, their own needs. Um, and um, many times my birth mother was a year older than I was, too. So I think it's really important that people are aware of that. 
Um, we've had, you know, Christian, a lot of these people are Christians, the birth mothers and even sometimes the birth fathers. And um, many of them won't even take a Tylenol. So I don't think it's all drugs. I think every situation is different. We need to look at them and not really judge them um, on what they're doing because they could have very easily have chosen something else. And we wouldn't be mommies and daddies if it weren't for our birth parents. And I think we have to remember that and honor them for that, too. Um, you know, Christine, the fourth myth is that all birth mothers are single. Um, you know, it, this is amazing when people learn, and I know I've had some pastors that were just mortified. You mean married couples actually place their babies for adoption? And um, they do it because the same reasons that we spoke of earlier is that they have three children and they're struggling right now, and they just know that the next one is going to sink the boat. Mm-hmm. And uh, and you think, well, they have faith. Well, they have faith, and many a times they pray about it, and they felt what they wanted to bless. We talked about this earlier, too, is they want to bless another family, and they want to bless their own children. Share with us a little bit about, you've had married couples, and, I mean, you had you, you were spewing out all kinds of stories of situations, too. I, I have. Um, you know, sometimes you have a married couple, and they may be separated. Mm-hmm. Um, the wife may get pregnant from another father. Mm-hmm. They get back together. Mm-hmm. Well, the husband has a choice. The wife has a choice. When they get back together, sometimes they do find an adoption plan is the best plan for their life. Mm-hmm. And so we do have uh, married couples who choose adoption, open adoption, of course, mm-hmm. and we, if if it's their choice, excuse me. And um, it just works out to be a beautiful situation. We had a situation just recently, too, uh, that we had twins, and the, they were married couple. And one child had a medical difficulty, and they had three other children. And they had decided, you know what, we cannot raise this little boy is going to need a tremendous amount of help. And they're twins, and we will never separate twins. And so that situation, um, the family came down. It was a nurse and and adopted. But, you know, that was a married couple, very painful. And the husband did sign. He had a difficult time because there were two little boys, and he had loved it. But he knew that he couldn't provide the type of care and care for the other children he had and his wife and keep a job down. That's a hard, hard decision to make, but it was a, a, a loving decision for the rest of his family, too. And I know that you've had, um, you know, we've had, um, we had a pastor's wife, that sounds off, but she called, we spoke on the phone, and um, they had separated, and she made some mistakes, and she got back with her husband, and he said, you know, I'm willing to raise this child, and um, this is a very nice middle-class couple, and, um, but she felt that the Lord was sharing with her that they need to do that. Christine, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to discuss more about, um, you know, the myths of birth mothers, and um, we'll be right back after this quick break. All children deserve a home, and Lifetime Adoption wants to help those children find a home. If you're starting to explore adoption, Lifetime can help you learn more and find the resources you need. Lifetime has been committed to supporting birth families and helping children for nearly 20 years. They offer guidance and encouragement during and after your pregnancy. At Lifetime, open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family. Choose how much contact you want and choose how you want the adoption to happen. The choice is up to you. Lifetime is known for their caring and genuine concern for the birth mother's well-being before and after adoption. 
They're able to provide adoption services to prospective adoptive families and birth parents from all over the nation. And Lifetime provides you with a 24-hour hotline for support and guidance. To find out more information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com. Give the gift of your home to a deserving child. Call 800-923-6784. Welcome back. Let's Talk Adoption on AM 710 KFI. I'm your host, Marty Caldwell. If you just joined us, we're talking today about the six most common myths about birth mothers, um, women that have chosen adoption for their children lovingly, and um, instead of um, choosing other options, they have chosen adoption, and uh, we wanted to share those myths with you, too. Um, before we continue, I want to mention, too, about our helpful adoption book, um, AdoptingOnline.com, which is available at local bookstores if you're interested in adopting a child. Um, you can buy it online at AdoptingOnline.com or at local bookstores. Uh, it's a valuable resource for anybody considering adoption um, and wants to save money and time. This book will help you, too, so I want to share that with you. Now, before the break, we covered um, Christine Mason is with us right now. She's an adoption coordinator with Lifetime Adoption. We shared um, out of those that we have uh, the four myths, that birth mothers, not all teenagers, uh, that they do love their babies. Um, they're not all poverty-stricken on drugs, and not all of them are single. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have two more, and, and this, the last two, Christine, are that all, you know, this is a myth. All birth mothers are illiterate and educated. Oh, and By all means, no. Right. No, no. And I think what ha- ends up happening is that people um, feel that, you know, birth women that are educated would not make this decision. And, you know, we have both. We've had uh, birth mothers that have been CPAs at their own business. They're in college. Um, they have degrees. Um, you have a couple situations, too, of birth mothers that have been in college. I do. I do. I have um, a birth mother and birth father situation. Their boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, went off to college. She found out she was pregnant. Um, he's upstate in New York area. Mm-hmm. She's down in the southern eastern states. Mm-hmm. And they have chosen adoption plan because they have their college careers in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, a child is not in their future right now, but finding a family to raise this child again, in a productive way, spiritually, physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, mm-hmm. Uh, financially. Mm-hmm. That's what they need to do because mm-hmm. they have their career goals. Mm-hmm. And open adoption is not going to push them aside. They're mm-hmm. always going to be a, the birth parent, no mm-hmm. matter what. And they recognize that. Mm-hmm. And I think, so we're going to talk a little bit about open adoption and what it is not, and that's mm-hmm. one of the other myths. But, you know, I think um, people realize that we have a lot of women that are going to college, and they do have goals. And that doesn't make them a bad person. Mm-hmm. That just says they are bright enough to know right now that I cannot parent this child in my life and give this child what they need. And I actually had lunch with this lady uh, that had contacted us five years ago, and we were at a, par- a playground, and she leaned over to me, and she said, Marty, I should have placed her for adoption. She says, but I couldn't do it now. She's five years old. This is really difficult for me. But she said, I struggle, and I look at her, and I feel regret because I can't give her what I want to give her and what I wanted in her life. And it just broke my heart. Mm -hmm. But she had pressure from her family, and her family said they'd be there for her, and they weren't there. And she didn't go with her heart what she felt. You know, she's struggling. She's doing it, and I think she's doing a fairly good job. But in her heart, she feels that she's let this child down because she didn't choose the best path for her. You know, it's really a personal decision, and not everyone is going to choose adoption because sometimes they have the family support and they can do it. 
um, or if the birth father's on board. But, you know, one of the statistics is only less than 25% of the birth fathers are on board with mm-hmm. the adoptions. So when you see that there's not a father there, and these kids really do better when there's a daddy around, you know, a role model. And um, so, but these women are going to school, they have plans, and they're intelligent, hardworking women, and they want more. So I think that that is one myth um, that mm-hmm. is good to dismiss, too. Um you know, the sixth myth we have is that birth moms really want to co-parent. This is one, you know, we're talking about adoption, open adoption, semi-open adoption. Um, when people find out about open adoption, they think, oh, co-parenting. They, they, if they know about the child, uh, they're going to want the child back. If they see how cute the baby is or whatever, mm-hmm. they're going to want the baby back. I know you have some thoughts on that, too. I do. I have some pretty strong thoughts. Mm-hmm. One thing you have to understand is open adoption is not co-parenting. Mm-hmm. It's adoption. Um, You have your birth parents who choose a family. They chose that family because there was something that sparked their interest, something that said, this is the family to raise my baby. Mm -hmm. Photos. Photos are fantastic because it allows the birth mom to be at peace. She Mm -hmm. sees the child grows. It it leaves no room for the unknown. Are the parents (coughs) good? Are they abusing the child? Is the child happy? When a birth mom sees a photo of their baby, and the baby's smiling, or the baby's five years old now, and he's smiling, and he's happy, and you see the environment that he's growing up in, it gives that birth mom a peace in knowing she did the right thing. Right, and I think that's, you know, it's really important. I, I tell a story when I when I speak and lecture that, um, you know, you can imagine if you had someone very dear to you, whether it be your spouse or even a pet if you don't have kids, and someone came in one day and said, we're going to take them away. And you never knew what happened, where they mm-hmm. went, if they're alive, if they're being abused, how that would feel every day to face that. And so I think it's really important that we put ourselves in the birth mom's shoes, that, you know, she's making this choice to trust a family to care for her baby, and she never forgets She never forgets that baby. That never goes out of their mind. And I have birth mothers say, that tell me, um, I don't want to co-parent. I don't want to interfere in their life. I just want to know the baby's okay. Oh, yeah. So let them know this is going to be their child. I, I, I mean, if I had a dollar every time a birth mom said that, I'd be wealthy. Because they say over and over, this is going to be their child. I just want to make the right decision. Well, you know, we get a lot of calls in the office, too. Every now and then, a birth mom will call in a panic saying, I don't know what's going on, or mm-hmm. I haven't heard from them in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the adopted families, they get scared. Mm-hmm. And they really shouldn't be, because she, the only reason why she's calling is all she wants is a picture. Right. And just it's oh. commitment. I think it's important. And, you know, we talked about putting the website up mm-hmm. and having a birth mom a website with Internet Now, where they can go ahead and go on that website and get information um, about um, the baby and how they're doing and really satisfy our mind. And I think, too, morally that we need to really, you know, com- make our, those commitments and only to what we can do. And if we are not familiar with open adoption, read, you know, oh, books on open adoption. Education is, is key. Exactly. And I think that this is going to help people. You know, the other thing I want to bring up, we didn't have it as one of the myths, but you brought it up, too, is that we're seeing more and more grandparents now that are yeah. raising their own grandchildren and seeking out an adoption plan so they can remain grandparents um, for their children. That's becoming a, a, a very popular thing to do. And also, we mentioned, too, that I want to make sure we get in here, is that we have people that um, more and more people are adopting special needs children, 
We have uh, many families that are open. We have a waiting list for mm-hmm. Down syndrome babies, mm-hmm. for special needs, medically fragile babies. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't ever want someone to think that a child is not adoptable. Right, that they should they terminate pregnancy because of that or because the child should go into a system. And, you know, I think even the foster care um, agencies would believe that, too, is that we don't want a child lost in foster care from from, from here on out. Oh, most and I think definitely. Important too. Um, I think... You know, the main thing I want to let across here in our meeting today is that, you know, these myths are myths and that birth moms are wonderful people just like you and I, and they have feelings and they love their children and for the most part really, you know, are there doing, making this decision for their children. And I think that if it weren't for our birth parents, that we wouldn't be mommies and daddies. Um, Christine, thank you for being on the show today. I want to thank you. It's been great. And today, I'd like to also give you our, our email, info at letstalkadoption.com. I'll be answering your questions if you send them to me, too. And visit us on our site. Until next week, this is Marty Caldwell with Let's Talk Adoption. Have a great week. Um, God bless you. Remember to send us your questions. We'll answer them on the air. And we're happy. Take care. God bless. Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit LifetimeAdoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.